This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here and welcome to Irish Time here on the Manawatu People's Radio in Palmerston North, the best radio local station in town, in the province in fact. Anyway, I'm just going to read through a little bit of stuff that's in the papers. A lot of that, I've noticed, you know, a lot of stuff, just sports. You know, you go through it, sports, 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 sports. And I'm not anti-sports, but I'm not a big fan of it either. So I struggle sometimes to get a bit of news. Anyway, here we go. Uh, I found this really interesting. This is Dublin. Dublin City Council takes street artists to court over murals. They put up some murals in the uh, gable ends of <clears throat> buildings in the, around the city centre, etc., etc., and they're just amazing. It's not graffiti. There are actually, you know, works of art. Uh, one of them here of uh, David Attenborough, uh, and they just, it's got to come down or, you know, paint them. Isn't it? You just kind of wonder what goes through some people's heads, you know what I mean? I think they're beautification, give it a bit of, uh, you know, interest. Nah, don't like that. Take it down. Anyway, anyway, I'll read this. <clears throat> Uh, what have we got here? Uh, Subset collective to enter proceedings after 10-year game of cat and mouse. Over mur- 10 years it's gone on for, uh, including one of Sir David Attenborough. Uh, the New Year's a resolute we'd like you to consider. More than 1.5 million, 180 countries, now fund our, our fearless independent journalism. And this is from who? The Guardian. The Guardian there in England. Right, so where have we gone here? Previously, they have been compiled with enforcement proceedings, just the murals, the people who put up the murals, uh, and proceedings on the 12 sites that they have used across the city centre by painting over the murals or replacing them in question with a fresh coat, a fresh work of art at any time they were issued with warnings or enforcement proceedings. This is like Banksy-type people. The council is now taking the artist to court for alleged breaches of planning laws which pr- uh, require prior consent for public murals. But uh, subset have decided to fight legal proceedings, good on them, in, retali- in retaliation uh, to three of their murals. <coughs> the David Attenborough work, <coughs> another known as Horse Boy, celebrating the traditional horse fur in the city centre. Smithfield and the third, which marked Mental Health Awareness Month. And they just kind of question what goes through these people's heads. Uh, so what have we got here? The Attenborough mural, which uh, covers the gable end wall and uh, rear extension of, on a privately owned house. That's interesting. Close to the city centre, took 10 or 12 people, eight days to paint, and was designed as a tribute to on his 93rd birthday there in 2019. Horseboy took two artists five days and based on a photograph taken off the horse itself. Proceedings were initiated in uh, 2020 with a district court hearing uh, scheduled for next month. In many cities across the world, public murals are illegal, but uh, authorities turn a blind eye to their existence. But some have said that other cities have relaxed the rules in certain areas, like Palmerston North, the murals that we see on, uh, you know, walking around town there. 
a sort of the All Saints Church and the back of the the Grand Hotel and a number of others around the place. I just think they're brilliant. They add a bit of, you know, they make the place a bit more interesting for any, particularly visitors who are coming through. But I just think they brighten the place up, put a smile on your face, because they are true works of art as opposed to pieces of graffiti. Right, what else have we got here then? Uh, this is uh, about a dog, and this is truly a sad story. Uh, a man fighting for his life. Well, God rest his soul, he died yesterday because I, I looked, had a quick look through the papers this morning before he came in, and this poor man died. The injured man has been named <coughs> locally as uh, Kenneth Conlon from Killatown Park, uh, which is okay, uh, in Tullagat, which is located to the city centre where he was shot. Mr. Conlon was understood to be a dog breeder. Officers, I believe, Mr. Conlon, along with possibly two other men, were in fields in the Hazel Grove area of rural in the rural area when an issue arose over a dog running free. Initial uh, reports were that the dog was shot dead. Last, wow. Last night, officers re- recovered the body of the animal. Guardy believed that the dog fled from after being shot, but later died. Detectives are working on the theory that. A uh, follow-up interaction, which happened after verbal a verbal altercation between the legal professional and uh, Mr. Conlon, it was a lawyer that shot this guy, uh, resulted in Mr. Conlon being shot in the head and suffering catastrophic wounds. And like I said, he died from what I read this morning. May God rest his soul. He remained in critical condition in uh, Tallaght University Hospital last night with concerns for his life. Yeah, uh, with his wife and family. Yet he is understood. He, he it is understood a legally held handgun was used, and his weapon has been and this weapon has been recovered by the guardie. Isn't it just disgraceful? This poor man died because this guy had a, wasn't happy with uh, obviously the dog was running free. It didn't mention anything about it was a, you know sort of having problems with uh, you know sheep and cattle or anything else. It was just out there having a bit of a run. And this guy took objection to it because it was his field, fair enough. But that doesn't mean to say you go and shoot someone in the head and shoot, you know, shoot the dog and then shoot the guy in the head and sort of make it like a, that's okay. So well, hopefully this lawyer or legal professional, whatever, will, uh, you know, you'd be in court and hopefully he gets jailed for quite a long time because it's just, it's just ridiculous. But it actually did happen. Anyway, this is uh, about the Lyric Theatre here in Belfast. <clears throat> That's where uh, nee, uh, Liam Nielsen uh, sort of had his, uh, you know, uh, sort of his the start of his career, along with the two or three other sort of reasonably well-known actors and actresses. The theatre cut short after a cast after the cast complained about the behaviour of the audience. A sold-out production at Belfast Lyric Theatre was stopped on Saturday last Saturday after the cast in front of house staff complained about the behaviour of the audience. Northern Ireland Opera's show Into the Woods was abandoned at the interval, one of uh, the few times in living memory that there had been such a move in the Ridgeway Street Theatre. It it's understood that the show was a, uh, a corporate night staged in support of a Belfast medical facility. Reporters said tensions uh, rose after audience members repeatedly talked and moved around the auditorium during the first half of the show, which has re- uh, received rave reviews since it opened last month. As they came off stage, actors complained to company managers that the conduct of was disturbing the, the performance. It is understood that front of house staff also reported they were being abused as they tried to appeal to some audience members to be quiet and to stop drinking. There you go, drinking, that was a the problem. They were sort of probably pissed as newts. 
Uh, the actors and musicians were urged to leave the theatre by the back door. In uh, Into the Woods is one of the late Stephen Sutton's most acclaimed musicals, bringing together a number of, bro- of the brothers' grim fairy tales, such as Little Red Riding Hood and Cinderella. It premiered in uh, Broadway in 1987 and has received 10 Tony Awards and 6 Oliver Awards. Olivia Awards, as you say. And in 2014, a film of the same name was adopted for the silver screen from the original book by James Lappin. Uh, the show was running as the lyric until February the 27th, which is a couple of days from now, really, isn't it? It's the 25th today. Uh, the Lyric Theatre in Northern Ireland Opera were asked to comment on Saturday Night's incident, but that res- did not respond by the time of going to print. In a press statement into the woods, Northern Ireland Opera said, Northern Ireland Opera are delighted to be bringing one of uh, <coughs> the, uh, Stephen's most loved musicals to Belfast. Into the Woods, <coughs> pardon me, Into the Woods promises to be a real highlight for the audience. A wonderful, intriguing show that brings together and intertwines some of the beloved uh, Grimm Brothers fairy tales. Uh, the locally built and created musical will be presented at the Lyric Theatre, featuring some of our greatest musical and uh, creative talent. Among the 18 strong uh, cast is Londonderry's uh, Wendy Ferguson, who is performing back home for the first time in a six or 25-year career in the West End. And that was all kind of disturbed by all these people who were pissed. You know, it was a private function, but they just thought they were the bees, knees. No respect or anything out there for other people who actually might have been interested in watching the play. Anyway, this is also serious, as you're no doubt aware. The, getting the, the, Europe and Ireland and, and Scotland and England in particular and Wales are getting really hammered with uh, storms. <clears throat> There's another one on the way, from what I hear, be the third in a row. Anyway, Storm Franklin, a missing dog found in the Moor Mountains after a three-day search. A dog that spent two nights in the Moor Mountains during the extreme weather conditions of Storm Franklin has been found safe and well with the assistance of some uh, some ham. Molly the Springer Spaniel was uh, went missing after she and her owner, Ricky Lyle, went for a walk there last Sunday. Ricky then spent hours desperately trying to locate her animal, uh, until he was forced to turn back and due to the weather and it was the weather was fierce fierce snow and rain storms and wind it was I mean, it was definitely everyone had to basically stay at home the, the weather was that fierce <clears throat> a search operation ensued over the next few days with Ricky losing hope Storm Franklin brought winds of 80 miles an hour uh, that's 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 a that's strong, as well as heavy rainfall in Northern Ireland on Sunday and Monday, with conditions on the Moorn Mountains totally bleak. But uh, since he brought the good news that the park ranger had located the dog and managed to lure her down the mountain with some ham. <clears throat> Speaking to the BBC Northern Ireland News, uh, Ricky said he was over the moon to be reunited with his beloved five-year-old rescue dog. I, I actually can't believe that we got her. I can't put it into words what it's like to have her back home. When Molly went missing, the dog owner put a desperate appeal out for help over the social media. The post read, I went out today with my Springer. I lost her at the top of Mealmoor around uh, 15.30. Mealmoor is one of the mountains in the Moors. She was She's wearing the same coat as in the photograph. Her name is Molly. Within hours, the post had been sh- uh, shared thousands of times. Isn't that amazing? People got nothing better to do, you think? With hikers and search and rescue teams offering all the help to locate the dog, Ricky went out for uh, first thing on Monday morning and again on Tuesday, tirelessly searching for her. The weather conditions were atrocious, so it was so bad I went out again on Tuesday. 
Now, you know, I went home on Sunday night because I just couldn't go any further. I went out on Tuesday. And sadly, I don't think it was. It would have been, she would have been able to recover from such foul weather. And I was actually looking out to see if I could find her body. I was out looking at the bottom of the cliffs and everywhere I can think of when I got a phone call to say that a dog had been spotted by some hikers near Slive Muck. Uh, despite spending two nights in freezing cold conditions and the weather was foul <clears throat> and still really severe winds, Molly had been located and was in the care of a park ranger. Aaron Caldwell, who is uh, the Mourn Heritage Trust uh, person, I had seen uh, Ricky's post and went out on Tuesday to help with the final the Cocker Spaniel. The 23-year-old told her he spotted a dog chasing a hare <laughs> near the side of the mountain and immediately knew it was Molly. Isn't that amazing? Good on him. I spotted her about 200 metres away from me and when I shouted, Molly, she immediately turned around and stared at me. I got a packet of ham out of my dog bag and I lured her over with it to show that I was friendly and she came right over. For a dog that spent two nights in such extreme conditions, she was in immaculately um, good form. Uh, the mountain ranger said the moment he saw Ricky Renetta with Molly was truly special and he was happy that the story had a happy ending. So am I. I think that's cool. Cause there's so much grim news around in the world today. Right, what have I got here next? <clears throat> Yeah, this is something that if you've ever been to Belfast, you'll know what I'm talking about. Belfast City Centre shop staff being traumatised by street preachers with amplifiers. That's, you know, the guys, you know, sort of, you know, God is now and all that type of stuff. The end is near. It's OK when they're standing in the street corners around the city centres of uh, the city centre of Belfast and a number of uh, locations. And all they do is scream and shout, etc. And you can just walk past them and, you know, that's it. But now they've kind of... Uh, tuned into amplifiers and it's really disturbing, making people really unhappy. Belfast City Centre shop staff are being traumatised by street preachers. Preachers. Uh, Belfast City Council recently, the Strategic uh, Policy and Resource Committee, shop owners pleaded with elected representatives to change local bylaws so that amplification would be forbidden on city centre streets. Particular mention was made about the noise made by street preachers. The, the appeal came as elected members received an, uh, an update on draft amenity laws for the city council to try and stop uh, people, you know, preachers coming down there, plugging in and having that big amplification and sort of blowing everybody away by the sound. <clears throat> Especially if it's a whole lot of stuff that you're not particularly interested in. Like, you know, the, you know Bible bashers really is what I'm talking about here. Last year, the draft was stalled as it was leaked about the as in the the news was leaked about the new bylaws, possible bylaws. But together by council, put together by council, involved the requirement of a license for any individual or group using amplification in a citizen, with fines up to five hundred pounds for those uh, failing to apply, uh, comply. The full council agreed uh, not to approve this measure, but with a split chamber, it sort of uh, went into limbo. At last week's committee meeting, a representative of a chemist, McDonald's, Starbucks and the local library all were united to call for a change on street amplification. Forty impact statements from business affected have been uh, forwarded to the city council. John Clark of Gordon's Chemist told councillors his staff at the corn market, the corn market is in, basically in the centre of Belfast, a well-known area. Uh, said the high street uh, entrance was regularly blocked off by street preachers. Uh, staff talked about how people came into the pharmacy saying they felt threatened, they did not want to come down, corn market <clears throat> happening around the, the cordon of preachers. And there is, I mean, there's not one or two of them, there's lots of them sort of ranting and raving. And just, I mean, 
to me, this reminds me of Bel- the Belfast that I grew up in. Myself and the company have absolutely no issue with uh, preaching, but we have uh, we have no issue with there being rules about these parts of things. But what we are experiencing goes way and above and simply preaching. The issues are also about the noise coming from uh, them, from musicians, <clears throat> and mainly the use of amplifiers. We operate confidential privacy, sir. Uh, Farm private pharmacy services. We have had many patients and customers leave the pharmacy <clears throat> because they couldn't actually be heard uh, between the noise between them and the staff and wearing, not people wearing masks. Our staff are stressed because of these complaints, and uh, it's just not it's not good business and it's not fair on the people who are not interested or who are not who are just passing by ordinary uh, shoppers and the staff in the shops. There is an element of confidentiality uh, if a patient has to speak louder because of the din and racket from outside the corn market and you have to really scream, give me some of this and give me some of that, you know. <clears throat> you know privacy and all and stuff is just gone because of the the, the antics really of these uh, street preachers, which is really beyond the pale is another way of putting it. Right, so what I've got here. This is... This is Belfast, the movie. Uh, Kenneth Brunigan's movie, Belfast, has picked up 10 nods at this year's uh, Irish Film and Television Academy Awards with its 11-year-old star among those nominated. Jude Hilly plays Buddy in the semi-autobiographical black and white movie, received the nomination for Best Actor in the lead role. The schoolboy who hails from Guildford there in England last night uh, spoke of his delight and said it was very a very special nomination. I am honoured and so grateful it means the world, he said in a statement. Congratulations to Ken and my Belfast family for their for nominating. I'm so proud of you all. Congratulations to all other nominees. What an incredible talent we have here in our island of Ireland. <clears throat> Uh, the awards, which reflect the best film, drama, documentary and filmmaking in Ireland over the past year, was announced yesterday with Belfast occupying a prominent place uh, across the nominations, including Best Film, Best Director, Best Script. And also Van Morrison received a nod uh, in the original musical category for Belfast. So with a bit of luck, they might even do well when it comes to the Oscars. Because, you know, it is, if you haven't been seeing Belfast, go and see it. I mean, it's a kind of... An interesting story and kind of heartwarming as well. You know, you'll actually have to come from Belfast, but it's just, you know, it's black and white. It's just it's really well put together. You'll enjoy it. And what do we got here? Oscar Wilde, the great Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde's grandson looks back on the case that ruined him. <clears throat> In a new documentary set to be screened on BBC, uh, Northern Ireland, was uh, grandson Merlin Holland asked if Carson deserves a reputation as a man who, who brought down his father. The lawyers were uh, Carson, a fellow Dubliner, wide known from Trinity College Dublin, and it was the most scandalous case of Victorian times, as we all know. Uh, you know, we sort of got, you know, he spent time in prison and he died in the end and killed him. Uh, it ended in wise ruin and led to his imprisonment for his homosexuality, which was a criminal offence in Britain until 1967. You know, uh, 2021 is the century of Northern Ireland. And Carson's statue at Stormont is a Belfast landmark. You know, right outside the, the Parliament itself. But like while Carson was a Dubliner, they were both born in the same year. They went to Trinity, where they knew each other uh, often. I mean, they met each other very often, yet they were fated to meet in a catastrophic clash years later in the most famous court in uh, court case in England and in the, the most famous court 
House at the time, the Old Bailey. The film is a deeply personal journey by Merlin Holland. The result of the, the trial was disastrous for the family, the Wild family. After a while's imprisonment, his wife Constance uh, left England with their children and changed their surname to Holland to try to protect them. Yet Merlin surprisingly bears uh, no animosity towards Carson for his part in his grandfather's ruin. He maintained uh, that Carson was a lawyer who was uh, just doing his job, right? Like the guy had shut the dog and the man. And uh, the fellow Merlin, <coughs> who lives in Burgundy in uh, France, travels to Belfast and visits the Carson tomb in St Anne's Cathedral there in Belfast. From there, he travels down to Dublin and Oxford and London. His epic journey finishes in Paris, while Oscar lived out of his last days and died in poverty in 1900. The film on there is some surprising new revelations about Wilde's final days in the French capital. Uh, the written record of uh, Wilde's conversation to Catholic conversion to Catholicism on his deathbed is seen for the first time on uh, camera. So he became a Catholic. Uh, this came about by a remarkably fortunate set of circumstances. Uh, director Jim Conn's brother, Father Keen Craigie, is a priest of the, the Passionist Order and revealed that they kept records of conversations in St. Joseph Church in Paris. In the film, Merlin is shown the entry in the book which bears witness to while being received into the Catholic Church on his, his death the following day. The Paris segment, uh, segment ends in uh, the cemetery where his tomb has become a shrine. Fans still come from all around the world to kiss his grave. Well, he was ahead of his time, Oscar, and he was, no matter what you may not think about his sexuality, he was a genius. He was a very good man, very funny man, very witty, switched on. The film features a star cast, which includes uh, contributions from actors Simon Callow, Rupert uh, Evitt, he played Oscar in his own film, The Happy Prince. Other contributions come from a number of people. For me, as a producer, it has been a lifelong ambition to bring this to the screen. It took me eight years to get commissioned and three years to make it. However, I feel it was well worth every every hour that I spent working on it. So that was it. Because he was, um, Oscar Thomas, the son of the Queensberry Rules man. You sort of, uh, you know, get him in in the end. Anyway, this is uh, Ireland's Future Plans, uh, biggest uh, biggest ever United Ireland conference for uh, Ireland's future. So I presume that's a political party. Plan, uh, biggest ever United Ireland conference for Dublin's uh, three arena. Uh, Civic Nationalist Group Ireland's Forum, now there you go, is uh, aiming to fill Dublin's three, three arena for the biggest ever United Ireland conference. The group aims to attract 10,000 people to the venue on uh, October the 1st. The venue is previously hosted gigs by Bob Dylan, Fleetwood Mac and Elton John. Ireland's future uh, chief executive, Jerry Carlyle, said that the, the, venue, the venue rather is the largest group. Has booked, the book has, has been booked for some time and is by far the biggest audience that they've anticipated arriving. The group will launch a 150-page uh, vision document for the future of Ireland on October the 1st and host a dinner at Dublin's Mansion House. Uh, Mr. Carlyle stressed that the event was not a rally but a conference which aimed to include anyone with an interest in Irish unity. He said the group is in discussions with high-profile speakers from the America and the European Union. We want to reach as far and as wide as possible into the Irish diaspora in America and also the European Union. The majority of people in Northern Ireland vote to stay in the EU and United Ireland brings us back into the EU again. He said the conference aimed to be uh, as inclusive as possible. We appreciate that there were 
Uh, so many people that have not been included in this conversation and that we want to be, we want to get out and include all people. We just we don't want to, we won't we don't want to put up any, any barriers in their way. We've always tried our best to make it as easy as possible for people who want to get involved to get involved. Good on them, Mr. Carlisle said. The event will be a scaled down uh, version of the group's conference in uh, the Waterfront Hall in Belfast in January 2019, with uh, a few elements of surprise, whatever that means. The whole discourse has advanced and developed years on the uh, years from the Waterfront uh, conference. There are more and more people asking more and more questions about what Irish unity means for them and their families. It's very exciting. And the feedback we're getting is truly phenomenal. Mr. Collard said Ireland's future plans, uh, you know, events presently being held in venues across the island, everyone's about building momentum ahead of the, the general, the big meeting on October the 1st. And there are many more people wishing to become involved in, uh, you know, a United Ireland discussions, you know, given uh, the fallout from Brexit in Northern Ireland, etc., you know, etc. Et and just to finish, invasion fallout. This is, uh, you know, Mr. Putin, the sort of dictator who sort of, you know, crashed into, uh, you know, Ukraine and sort of, uh, as we speak, God knows what is going on there, but it's war, you know. People have even mentioned, I've listened to the radio and uh, the TV, and it's called like could be World War Three, and this this impacts on us even down here in New Zealand because you know the, the, one of the obvious things is the price of oil goes up by a mile, you know, and that means our cost of petrol here will you know it's high now, but it's going to get a lot higher, and there's a whole lot of imports and exports stuff that we have issues with. And it's going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. And the Irish, you know, the Irish government have been encouraging, encouraging people to get out. But I've got a feeling it may be a little bit too late now because they've been the Russians, from what I've seen, have uh, been sort of bombing all the airfields, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So as no troops from various countries can uh, get in, but it is a very serious operation because this is the threat of the whole of Western Europe. You know, if this guy gets away with, he got away with Crimea, if he gets away with uh, Ukraine, there's nothing stopping them from moving into other parts, Poland and a number of other EU countries. I mean, this sounds like fantasy, but it's kind of uh, really possible because this man's just insane, really. Anyway, on that sad note, I will love you and leave you. And don't forget, enjoy the weather and take care and be kind to one another. All right? I'll see you later because it's coming up to some Patrick's week and we're doing a bit of work at night at the moment. Okay, see you later. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.